Chapter Seventeen of On the Trail of the Space Pirates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On the Trail of the Space Pirates by Carrie Rockwell. Chapter Seventeen. Spaceman's luck, sir said Tom, shaking Captain Strong's hand. Silently, the other two cadets in turn gripped their skipper's hand tightly. Thanks, boys, said Strong. If we're going to get that space crawler, we have to trap him, and the best bait I know is a twenty million credit payroll. But won't you take at least one man with you, sir? pleaded Tom. Sitting up there in space in a decoy ship waiting for Coxine is like... Tom paused. Well, you won't have much of a chance, sir, if Coxine opens fire before asking questions. That's the risk I've got to take, Tom, said Strong. It took a lot of talking to get Commander Walters' permission to try this, but we've got to force Coxine to come out far enough from the asteroid belt to catch him before he can run back in and lose himself again. The young captain smiled wanly and added, don't think that your job is unimportant. Tom, Roger, and Astro nodded. On their return from the unsuccessful attempt to capture Coxine, they had been suddenly faced with the routine duty of transporting a twenty-million-credit payroll from Atom City to the satellite of Titan for the crystal miners. Thinking one sure way to catch any rat was to use a lure, Tom suggested that the Titan armored freighter be used as a decoy to capture the pirate, and the cadets could carry the payroll in the Polaris. Commander Walters had considered the plan, and then realizing that Coxine might fire on the freighter before seizing it, disapproved of placing a full crew aboard the lightly armed ship. Instead, he would send only one man. Strong had volunteered for the assignment, and had persuaded the commander to allow him to man the decoy ship. Now the two ships, the Polaris and the armed freighter, stood side by side at the Academy spaceport, and the three cadets and their commanding officer waited for the signal to blast off. "'You have your course for your trip out to Titan, Tom?' asked Strong. "'Yes, sir,' replied Tom. "'We're to blast off later tonight and take a course through the asteroid belt, traveling on the plane of the ecliptic, as soon as we get through, we are to proceed under full emergency thrust to our destination. Strong nodded his head, satisfied. Do you think Coxine will come out after you, sir? asked Roger. We've tried to make sure that he will, Roger, replied Strong. It's pretty common knowledge that the Titan payroll ship leaves every month, and that it travels a different route each time. Sometimes it goes through the asteroid belt on the plane of the ecliptic, and sometimes it goes over. We believe Coxine knows this, and with the thinly guised messages we've sent to Titan, we're hoping he'll try for it. But how'll you get him, sir? asked Astro, puzzled. I mean, with no armor on the freighter to speak of, and no crew aboard, how can you nail him before he gets you? Hyperdrive, replied the captain laconically. Hyperdrive? echoed Tom quizzically. 
I'm going to take the decoy ship through the asteroid belt, too, but through a different area, closer to the part we think Coxine is operating in. Seven full squadrons have blasted off ahead of me and taken up positions in that area. When and if Coxine attacks, I'll alert the waiting ships, who will come in on hyperdrive. By the time Coxine spots them on his radar, they'll be on top of him. Then, ventured Tom, you're staking your life on the ships arriving before Coxine can attack. That's right, Tom, said Strong. If our plan works, we catch Coxine. If it doesn't, at least we know that the Titan payroll is safe. That's why your job is as important as mine. They were interrupted by the ground crew chief, who reported the decoy ship ready to blast off. Strong nodded, and the three cadets gripped their captain's hand again. Turning, he climbed into the freighter, and five minutes later, the Solar Guard officer blasted off from the Academy spaceport, while Tom, Roger, and Astro watched from the traffic control tower. Come on, said Tom. It'll be two hours before we can blast off. We might as well get some sleep. We'll need it. Reluctantly, Roger and Astro followed their unit mate from the traffic tower, their eyes full of concern for their skipper. Each was grimly aware that they might never see their skipper alive again. Now shut your traps, roared Bull Coxine. The next crawler that opens his mouth gets taken apart. He stood on top of a table and faced his crew of pirates, who were sitting about swilling large cups of rocket juice. The room in which the giant pirate spaceman had gathered his men was one of many in a building constructed since their arrival from the prison asteroid. Hidden from even the closest inspection by the smaller bodies circling around the main asteroid, Coxine had expanded the small hut used by Wallace and Sims into a huge, rambling building containing armories, machine shops, and storage rooms packed with everything he and his murderous crew might need. Now, with a string of successful raids behind them, and their personal pocketbooks bulging with stolen credits and valuables, the crew of pirates waited attentively while their cruel but brilliant leader outlined the most daring plan of all. "'Now listen,' roared Coxine. "'There's a few things I want to say before we start on the plans of the next strike. The big spaceman paused and glared at the men in front of him. Ever since that space-crawling cadet pulled a fast one on me, there's been talk about voting for another leader. He spat the word as if it had left a foul taste in his mouth. Well, get this. There'll be no voting. I'm the boss of this outfit. Any man who thinks he can take over my job, Coxine's voice dropped to a deadly whisper. Just let him try. Stony silence greeted the huge spaceman, a silence inspired by fear. Now, roared Coxine, his coarse features changing from a scowl to a broad grin. The strike! This was greeted with a roar of approval. The men demanded action after a week of idleness on the asteroid. Wallace! yelled Coxine. Yes, sir, answered the spaceman, stepping up to the table and facing Coxine. We'll take a position in the asteroid belt here. 
he placed a finger on a map of the belt. Sims! roared the giant spaceman. Yes, sir, the wizened space pirate stepped forward. You remember that rocket scout we blasted, the one that got our other ship? I sure do, sir. It's drifting around in orbit near Asteroid 17. Take a crew of men and a few jet boats and go get her. Bring her back here and fix her up. Strip every pound of excess weight off her. I want a ship that'll fly faster than anything in the system, and I want it in 24 hours. Yes, sir, gulped Sims. But then what'll I do with her? After you've done what I've already told you to do, snapped Coxine, I'll tell you more. Sims' face turned red, and he nodded curtly. Now as for the rest of you crawlers, said Coxine, facing the room full of men, repair crews have been assigned for work on the rocket scout, and the rest of you will work on the Avenger and prepare her for a long flight. I want the three-inch blasters, every parallel ray gun and rifle, the fuel tanks, food supplies, oxygen circulators, in fact, everything checked, rechecked, and double-checked. Joe Brooks, who had become a favorite of Coxine's, rose and faced the pirate captain. Where are we going to strike next, Skipper? Coxine looked at the man with a half-smile playing on his lips. This operation will have two parts, Joe. The first, well, his smile broadened. The Titan payroll ship just blasted off from Space Academy. For the last ten years, the Titan payroll ship has been blasting off from Atom City. Now why do you think it would suddenly leave from Space Academy, the home of the Solar Guard? The crowd of men murmured their bewilderment. I'll tell you why, bawled Coxine. Either they have that ship so packed with blasters it would take a fleet to stop it, or it's a trap. But if you think it's a trap, exclaimed Wallace, you're not going to hit it, are you? I said it might be a trap, snapped Coxine, but it might not, and with twenty million credits to be had for the taking, I'm not going to let her breeze through. I'm going to make sure it's a trap before I try something else. But how, persisted Wallace. Coxine looked at his lieutenant coldly. He had indulged the man too long. I'll tell you when I get good and ready. Now all of you get out of here and make sure everything, and I mean everything, is ready to raise ship at a moment's notice. The men got up and shuffled from the room. Coxine turned to his two lieutenants. All right, Wallace, see that those crawlers do what I told them to do, and you, Sims, get after that rocket scout. The two spacemen saluted their captain and turned away. Coxine watched them leave the room already planning his next move, a move calculated to be so surprising that the Solar Guard would be absolutely helpless. Bull Coxine smiled and turned to study the charts of the asteroid belt. Alone aboard the armored decoy ship, Captain Strong blasted steadily on his course through the asteroid belt. The young Solar Guard officer was aware that at any moment after reaching the celestial jungle of small planetoids he could be fired on without warning. And though the Solar Guard patrol ships, well hidden in the belt, 
would blast Coxine out of existence, it would still be too late for him. Grim-faced, his hands gripping the controls, he rocketed through space, determined to put an end once and for all to the marauding pirate and old enemy, Bull Coxine. When night fell over the Academy spaceport, Tom, Roger, and Astro climbed silently into the giant rocket cruiser Polaris and raised ship for Titan. Their departure from Earth was routine, with no one but Commander Walters and Captain Strong knowing that, stowed in the storage compartment of the spaceship, was twenty million credits, the payroll for the miners of Titan. Once in space, the rocket ship was put on course and held there by automatic pilot. The three cadets gathered in the mess room and sipped hot tea, staring moodily into their cups. Unable to break audio silence, lest they should betray their position, their first chance of hearing any news lay far ahead of them at Titan. They could only hope that the decoy trap would succeed and that their skipper and friend would return safely. The only comment was Astro's grim prediction. If anything happens to Captain Strong, he paused and finished his sentence in a tense whisper, I'll search the universe until I find Coxine, and when I do, I'll break him in two. End chapter 17